Takes from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. And I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. John Trumbull, how are you, sir? Oh, <coughs> I, I took a drink of water right before I introduced myself and it went down the wrong pipe. So, yeah, I'm doing peachy. <laughs> I'm nearly choking to death. Huh? Uh, John Trumbull, cheating death right at the top of the podcast. Yes, yes. I was like, oh, that wasn't good. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, well, uh, aside from your uh, Swiss brush with death, your final destination, we have a guest here. We do, we do. <laughs> Hi. Let's introduce our guest while I recover. Yeah, uh, our guest has been a, a big fan and supporter of our little podcast, and uh, I would say a big fan of SNL in general. I, mm-hmm. I've seen her a lot in the SNL community boards, like especially on Twitter and stuff. And every time I listen to like some of the, our, the other SNL podcasts, her name does get uh, brought up every now and then. She's she's known in the streets. Her name commands respect, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Give it up for Manette Marathi. Hey guys, how are you? Are you okay, John? Yes, I'm okay. I'm I am recovered. I just needed like a, a minute or so. Get well soon. So, yeah, I'm I'm good. We're we're really happy to have you here. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, thanks so much for saying yes. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean. Uh, Manette, you you probably heard her name a lot on the podcast. She's one of I'd say our one of our regular Twitter commenters. She usually comments on the show and sometimes chimes in on the movies that we do as well. And you're, I think it's fair to say you're like an SNL super fan, right? Yeah, I think it's fair to say at this point. Okay, all okay. right. And uh, yeah, well, I mean, just right off the right off the rip, let's start with that. Um, you know, we always ask all our guests. Uh, you know what? What about their SNL journey? What was it that drew you to SNL? Uh, when did you start watching? What made you keep coming back to it? Was it like a certain, uh, you know, a performer or sketch? Just you know, just uh, let us know how, your thoughts on SNL and uh, where you came in and how how you fell in love. Well, prior this, you know. well prior to season forty, like I I had seen like a, a few episodes, uh, Justin Timberlake's fifth episode. Jennifer Lawrence and Josh Hutchison because I was a big fan of the Hunger Games. Mm. Okay. But I didn't really start until a season until season 40. And then I was just, I didn't really start watching date weekly until the second half of season 40. So it's like, it's like a road trip with a bunch of stops in between. Okay. Just trying to become a fan. Okay. Okay. So it was a bit of a gradual process for you. It sounds like. Yeah, and you know, in my spare time, because I'm such an awesome student, I would watch uh, SNL clips like during study hall to, mm. you know, just catch up on everything. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So, refresh our memories on for season 40. So, who was the cast of the show then when you first started watching? Uh, Taryn, Bobby, Vanessa, Cecily. It was Justin Chase first season as well. Uh-huh. So that t- that takes you way back yeah. at this point. Absolutely! Wow. Okay. Okay. So that's 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 interesting. You're 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 of a a younger generation than us, obviously. So it's, yes. it's I'm not sure if we've spoken to many people who've started watching the show that recently, and it and it seems weird to like reach back eight years and think like that's a relative recent fan, but. Well, By our standards, I guess it is. Well, I mean, that's when they had the whole big 40th spectacular. Like, right. that was like a big thing they were like advertising at the start of the season. Okay. So I was like, uh, I might as well check it out. Okay, yeah. so that gave you a sense of like the yeah. history of the show. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and I know oh, recently, uh, I mean, Cecily just left a show, and it seems like that's the last cast member from the era that you started watching, too. So, I mean, yeah, excluding Justin Che, but. Excluding Justin Che, yeah. I yeah. Think... I mean, although like I wouldn't be surprised if this was their last yeah, year too. It's same. been a minute, but like it's it, definitely... it kind of feels like it. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like they're I don't want to say one foot out the door, but it feels like they're they're certainly closer to the end of their run than the beginning. I would yeah, say. they're yeah. ramping down. Yeah, yeah. So like, how how did you feel about that when you like uh, Cecily left and it's like, oh, this seems like like my whole class is graduating type of type of vibe. Admittedly, I had been critical about Cecily like the past couple of years, but mm-hmm. when someone leaves, you just can't help but feel sad for them leaving. Like, 
they were part of your watching history. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. So you you weren't as much of a fan of hers the last couple of years. You feel yeah. like she stayed on the show a little too long? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would I would say so. I think I had that feeling too. Like even I admittedly I felt that when uh, she did that performance as Janine Pyro in the the, mm-hmm. the vat of wine, I thought, all right, that's a good note to go out on. Like she should, this is her big goodbye. And then she came back, and I was like, well, what is she coming back for? But then, I don't know. But then she did, you know, uh, the Goober the Clown sketch, and uh, of course, yeah. all the uh, unhinged Republican women she plays on the show. I was like, all right, this, all right, maybe it's not. Maybe she ha- does have a little bit more to offer she had a little bit more uh, gas in the tank mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. so, but like so when she left uh you know for good this uh you know this uh this past uh episode ago it felt like all right now that now it feels like you know the proper closing of a chapter uh yes. to her yeah she yeah. definitely feels like she left on her own terms yeah yeah i think i think once a cast member's around for a certain amount of time i i guess they have like six-year contracts when they they first come on the show I think that's pretty standard in the TV industry. And if you've been on the show for six years, I feel like you can usually just leave when you choose to leave. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's good to hear about your, um, your SNL journey. Thank you for taking us on that uh, epic ride. But uh, we actually got some SNL news too. Some breaking news came in uh, in the past week where, SNL announced the first two musical guests and guest hosts for the year, for 2023. Mm -hmm. And uh, it turns out, uh, so January 21st, they'll be back with uh, guest host Aubrey Plaza, musical guest Sam Smith. And on uh, the 28th, we get Michael B. Jordan and Little Baby, not to be confused with The Baby, which I, I, as soon as I saw Little Baby, I thought, oh, didn't, wasn't he on the, before? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh no, it's it's the baby. It's a different baby. It, it's yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of baby people out there. I think yes, a lot of babies. Uh, so this yeah. is yeah. Th- so like all of these are like first time guests. Am I right in, in thinking that? Uh, Sam Smith has musical guested before, but um, yeah, everyone else is new. Okay, okay, okay. So I guess yeah. So I'm I'm personally excited for Aubrey Plaza. To come on, because uh, I'm I've been a fan of her since Parks and Recreation, and she's having a, a hell of a year with Emily the Criminal and the White Lotus. Oh, she's so, good in the White Lotus. Yeah, so she's she's having a year. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that, and it'll be neat to see how she adapts to the show or how the show adapts to her. Uh, yeah, same thing. Mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza. I mean, she's had a history with NBC with you know Parks and Recreation, and I believe she was actually. She was a page at NBC, like, you know, early on in her uh, in her youth. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I was on Reddit the other day, and someone found a screen cap of her being a background extra, extra in one of the Target Lady sketches. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, like, I think Aubrey Paws is definitely one of those names I've heard mentioned whenever people talk about, uh, you know guest hosts who should have hosted by now or people who mm-hmm. should have hosted by now. And uh, yeah, it, it does seem like she should have been the host at some point. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad she's getting a chance to do it now. She does, you know, she's done UCB training and all that stuff. And um, I don't know, I'm really interested in seeing like uh, what she's going to bring. A lot of people online are saying that her and Sarah Sherman are, are pretty much like a perfect duo. Like, they, so they, yeah. they might get paired up a lot in sketches. I can you see know. that. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like in the same way, uh, Pete Davidson and Timothy Chalamet were paired up in a lot of sketches. I or, honestly uh, wouldn't be surprised if uh, Amy Poehler is there to support her as well. So I think, mm. I think there's a good chance we might get an Amy Poehler cameo at some point during that show. I can see that too. Cause like, I know they are really good friends in real life. They are mm-hmm. like, I think everybody in the, from the parks and rec crew are still, like pretty tight with each other. Like, I th- wasn't there like an award show where Aubrey hosted with uh, Adam Scott, and the two of them like sort of had that rapport and sort of like y- you get a vibe that like everybody on the Parks and Rec crew are still like yeah good friends. So yeah, they seem really tight. I remember when they did uh, when Parks and Rec ended, they did a, a goodbye show on uh, on Seth Meyers' show, and 
Aubrey Plaza at one point was was making out with uh, Jim Hare, who played uh, <laughs> uh, Jerry on the show, and it was hilarious, and it was cracking everybody up in the cast. Hot, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, Manette, what are your thoughts on uh, Aubrey Plaza hosting? I became a recent fan of hers with White Lotus, and I've always, you know, tried to seek her out like material after Parks and Rec because I was not young enough to old enough to watch that show yet um okay but so I'm a relatively new fan to her but I'm really excited because I was kind of clamoring for her this year as well yeah cool. yeah it, it seems like uh, a lot of people are looking forward to uh, the Aubrey Plaza episode which is a good thing I, I think that episode is going to be pretty strong again mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. now the Michael B. Jordan that kind of surprised me a little bit you know Mr. Uh, Killmonger Creed himself uh, you know, I'm a big fan of his and all of his work that he does. Uh, I don't know how he how well fare in the world of comedy. He did it, one rom rom com, I think. Like oh, at that, the start. Yeah, that that awkward moment. Or, yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> a lot of people did. I mean, I remember the title now that you've said it, but I that had totally gone down the memory hole. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It was like one of those rom coms with like named came from like a meme uh-huh. i don't know it, it, and like yeah it was like a thing where people kind of it kind of slipped people's minds almost immediately after it came out yeah because like after yeah. that he sort of established himself more as like a dramatic actor you know fruitvale station and uh black panther and and the like yeah, so, yeah. and creed creed of course yeah creed, yeah. yeah which has become like this spin-off franchise of it of itself it's like become a new franchise from the rocky franchise which is just kind of funky yeah it's pretty crazy yeah. uh but yeah I'm, I'm willing to see like what he can bring i think it's going to be pretty interesting i think you know if the writers kind of write to him in his strength it could be uh pretty cool like i've i've we've had hosts on before who come from dramatic backgrounds and you wouldn't think would be able to pull off uh you know, sketch comedy, and sure enough, they mm-hmm. surprise you. So uh, yeah, it is. It is always fun to see the the dramatic people stretch a little bit and and show off their comedic chops. So, and he's he's a charismatic guy, so I could I could see him possibly being good at comedy. Uh, but yeah, he's more much more of an unknown quantity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Manette, what are your thoughts? Uh well, I. I haven't really seen much of his movies except for Black Panther, but mm-hmm. but I'm I'm, I'm kind of anticipating he'll be like good in those like public freakout kind of like sketches where he just needs to get really angry and really intense for the sake of the comedy. Mm-hmm. So so I'm I have high hopes. Okay, yeah, he does he does he can bring an intensity and he but he also does have that likability factor too. So I think I think it's going to be interesting that one that that one I that one I can't get more of a beat on. On how it'll go, the Aubrey yeah. Plaza one, I, I'm pretty positive on. I think that'll go pretty well. Michael B. Jordan, I'm still in a wait and see mode, but I, yeah, yeah. Hopefully yeah. it'll. I think I think it'll turn out well overall. Yeah, yeah. And uh, any opinions on the musical guests, Sam Smith and Lil Baby? No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we're unanimous. Um, I, like the Little Baby's stuff, I don't really know at all. Sam Smith. Uh, I really only know him from the the Bond theme that he did, which I honestly hated. <laughs> so, uh. yeah, like I didn't. Uh, I mean, Little Baby, I know nothing about Sam Smith. I feel that's an artist I've heard of, and I probably have heard their song. Like that's another, that's actually another thing I didn't even know. I didn't know that Sam Smith came out as a non-binary too long ago and oh by... i didn't know that okay. yeah yeah sam goes yeah. by the they them pronouns well right. i yeah well, I, again that's something i just learned just kind of by looking up uh looking them up online and but yeah i think sam smith is somebody whose songs i've probably heard on the radio but i didn't know they were sam smith songs. so i i'm coming in with two both musical guests like sort of fresh-eared and not really knowing much about either he so. has one song that's really like blew up on TikTok that he's for sure gonna play like on the show. But other than that, I can't name another song he did the last five years. Yeah, the the only song of theirs I I would say I know is is the the Bond theme, the Writings on the Wall, which was from Spectre, I think. And I think if I remember correctly, 
it won an Oscar. Yeah. It, yeah. It did win the Oscar that year, which I was just scratching my head over because I thought it was a horrible <laughs> song. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's uh So those are our thoughts on the two uh, guest hosts. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to see some more new SNL. But let's take our uh, t- attention away from that and bring it on to this episode where we're talking about uh, Nassim Padrad. And yes. the yeah. her TV show Chad uh, Nassim Padrad was somebody who's on SNL from uh, a little, actually a little bit longer than I realized. She was on the show from 2009 to 2014. Yeah, so like a good five year chunk. Yeah, um, she she left early to to film that Mulaney sitcom, which went nowhere. Yeah, that lasted what a season or a 13 season. episodes or something like that. Like it, a season. Yeah, and and there were like high expectations for the Mulaney sitcom. I remember <laughs> so high, like people really thought it was going to be like the next Seinfeld. Yeah, and uh, I actually tried to find like some episodes of Mulaney to screen for uh, you know for this episode we're recording now. Can't find it streaming anywhere. Yeah, like I saw, I found some episodes on YouTube, but they're really poor quality. There's like a glare on them. I really feel like somebody just recorded them off their iPhone and put it up on YouTube. <laughs> it was really bad. It's probably what Mulaney wants. There's no <laughs> evidence. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, and, and there were talented people on it. it was, you know, John yeah. Mulaney, of course, incredible stand-up, and he's become a great SNL host in recent years. Yeah. Missing Pedrad is, is great. Uh, he, they had Martin Short and Elliot Gould on there, too. So... Yeah. Uh, uh yeah, uh, I think uh Seton Smith is a really great comic. Mm-hmm. It it it's on paper it should have worked, but uh, it it did not work. Yeah. Yeah. Boof. But um other than that, um Nasir Padrad's uh time on SNL was uh I don't know. I don't, what what I don't, Manette, what are your thoughts on Nasim's time on uh SNL? Like like what what were you, what was your takeaway on it your overall? I I'd say she's an underrated utility player mm-hmm. who unfortunately also was the most ethnic looking on the cast. So mm. she got a lot of dicey roles during her time. Mm. Yeah. Like, like maybe they didn't utilize her as well. She was just sort of like default Middle Eastern chick. Or default uh, Apple factory worker. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I kind of looked at some... Uh, Nassim led uh, sketches, you know, on YouTube before I came on. Yeah, I, I do agree with you're saying. Like there was that one sketch where she played um, like a like a Iranian boy mm-hmm. on a where that has like a talk show in his uh, parents' like uh, living room in Edison, oh, New Jersey. Yes, I I do vaguely remember that now. Yeah, yeah, and then I think there was like another uh, like a Weekend Update sketch where. Mr. Uh, Abhinajad, I believe, was like in the... Abhinajad. Yes, mm-hmm. Abhinajad, yes. And like they, so they had Fred Armisen come on and play him, and Nassim came on and played his wife. See, I liked her in that. I think she kind of like nailed that energy that I'm familiar with perfectly. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. But yeah, like I will admit, just because, you know, she, she is from Iran, like they kind of gave her a lot of the, oh, you know... Like you know, Iranian Middle Eastern roles a lot. Uh, yeah. Like I mean, as far as like she did try to break out of that a few times, like with her character uh, Tippy, or I believe there was another character like Belinda. Belinda Shallon. Right. Exactly. I mean, the one character that kind of stuck out to me that I thought she was strong in was her uh, her Kim Kardashian impression. I thought that was oh yeah, pretty solid. yeah. Like, and I kind of yeah. wish they. She they did more with that a little bit, but like it seemed like the other time she came back and did the Kim Kardashian impression because the first time I think it did hit, but then the other time she was always on with somebody else, like it was mm-hmm. her and Jay Farrow as Kanye, or her and Abby Elliott and Vanessa Bayer as um, you know, Chloe and Courtney, or it was mm-hmm. her and I think um, Kristen Wig as Chris Jenner, like they always like paired her up with somebody else. Like the, the yeah. other time she did yeah. her Kardashian impression, which was like, oh, I think the Kardashian impression was strong enough that she could just do it on her own. I remember she also had uh, like a, a pretty incredible Aziz Ansari impression. And I don't think she ever was able to get that on the show. But I've seen like footage of her imitating Aziz Ansari. And I'm just like, 
that's great. I, you know, how did they never figure out of a way to put that on the show? Yeah, um, and she has like a very active like energy when she's on stage. Like there's a Taylor Swift sketch where she's they're playing overly attached roommates, or you mm-hmm. know she's holding her own against Seth MacFarlane, you know, in a dinner date sketch. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I think saying that she was like an underutilized utility player, I think I think that sums up her her SNL tenure pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think she she does come in with some high energy. She does enjoy playing a lot of awkward characters quite a bit. You know, yeah. I mean, but then again, you know, Kristen Wiig kind of fails that role too a lot. She Kristen Wiig plays a lot of sort of awkward characters too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also she kind of likes to play teenage boys a lot too. I think I, I saw some, I saw some interviews with her saying how like she kind of grew up with a lot, a lot of boys and her family and stuff. And she was a bit of a tomboy growing up. So she can, she really likes to lock in to that teenage boy. And this, it might sound inappropriate the way I say it, but she likes to, she likes to lock <laughs> into that teenage boy energy Mm-hmm. Uh, he understands the mentality of like teenage boys. That's the better way to say it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like there's that one sketch where she plays a young boy in uh with Brian Cranston when he hosted oh, yeah. too. Like she really likes to do that, which maybe leads into why she really wanted to play uh, Chad in you know when she did her own uh, show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that it, it's interesting. So I mean Chad, if you're not familiar, it's a sitcom that ran on TBS. Uh, had an eight-episode first season. She's playing a 14-year-old boy. And she's, like, a, a, the creator of the show. She's wrote a lot of the episodes. She directed several episodes. Yeah, yeah. She did this, like, right after her uh, stint on uh, New Girl. She did a few episodes of New Girl back in the mm-hmm. day. And, uh, yeah, she's, I think, I, again, I saw another interview where she was like, yeah, I wanted to do something that was just mine, just my creation. And uh, she came out with Chad. Uh, aired on TBS, debuted April 6, 2021. So not too long ago. And, and Manette, I understand like you were a fan of the show right from the start, right? Well, I didn't like the first three episodes and I had given up on the show. Okay. And then I was talking to people online that said, you know, just keep watching after that episode. And I fell in love with it. Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, all right, let's get into it. Uh, because, like, I know with this character, Chad, she has said in interviews, a lot of people were like, please do not do this. Do not do this. Do not play this character. Because, like, I I sort of get it. Because I think it might have been the reason why I didn't check this show out when it was on. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, the whole hook is that, you know, she, you know, the C. Pedrad is a woman in her 30s playing this 14-year-old uh, Persian boy, and I, whenever that happens, it can come across as maybe a little cheesy or corny. Whenever, like a grown person plays a teenager, uh, you know, just because, like, whenever that happens, it's usually like the grown person playing like a caricature of a teenager, or like some, mm-hmm. or what they remember a teenager to be. Like, I think, I mean, for keeping it in the SNL realm, I I do like when um. Heidi Gardner plays her Bailey Gizmer character. I think that's like a good portrayal mm-hmm. of how teenagers actually are. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it can be kind of cheesy whenever, you know, a grown person plays a teenager. Or, I don't know, maybe, or it can also maybe come across as, especially in this, maybe a little inappropriate where a woman is playing a teenage boy. It can be a little like, oh, should we be doing this? But <laughs> I don't know. Did anybody else get that vibe? Or is it just me? Well, I heard, I read a review ahead of this episode, ahead of recording that, that basically said, like, if it was anyone besides Nassim playing this character, like, if they actually got, like, a 14-year-old boy, the show probably wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. And I have to agree, because I think Nassim really does commit to making sure that the characters are accurate, that she's acting like a teenage boy, and that the her interactions aren't just uh, organic. Yeah, I see that. I mean, I I feel like, yeah, a few times watching the show, I did kind of forget that she she wasn't a real young boy, like in, in long shots and stuff, because, you know, she's on the shortish side and she's playing opposite uh, actual child actors, like actors who are 
in the age range of what she's playing. So they're playing like high school freshmen mostly. And really it's a testament to her supporting cast that they are believably treating her character as if she is a 14-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And like Minette, like what you were saying about how the show sort of grew on you, um, I had that a little too. Uh, I only caught like maybe an odd episode or two of it. And I was just like, eh, I don't know if this is for me. And then, then I had to sit down and watch the, the entire season for this. And when I was watching like the first five episodes, I was just like, mm, I don't know if I'm feeling this. And, but by the fifth episode or the sixth episode, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm digging this more. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the episodes that I liked the most were the episode where uh, Chad is going to get um, the LeBron sneakers with his uncle and also the one where he's invited to go out on like a weekend uh, retreat to uh, one of his classmates lake house. And, uh, and Chad's like this real awkward, awkward kid. And he's just obsessed with being popular in school. And it's, it's kind of all about his struggles to do that. And all the awkward moments that ensue when he just fouls it up. <laughs> right. Cause uh, I mean, I, I think to your, Manette, what you were speaking to, like how you weren't into the, you, you didn't like the first three episodes. And I, I can sort of understand why, because there yeah. is this thing uh, throughout the series where, like, uh, hmm, how should I say it? All right, well, there's just this thing where Chad is just really kind of cringe, cringy, yeah. uh, a little unlikable, too. Yeah. Because, yeah. because he's, I, I, this is something I have noticed throughout the series where he, he can be like really rude. And really, like, kind of a dick to, yeah. to people yeah. who actually care about him and like him. And, and, you know, even though they have no reason to, to do that. But, like, he's actually a dick to people who actually care about him and like him. And he goes out of his way to get the approval of people who don't care about him. In right. a way, that's very relatable to me. Like, that kind of insecurity, like, making you want to, like, act out in a bad way. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, because, like, that is a thing. Because, like, he can be, you know, kind of unlikable. He can be very self-absorbed and self-centered. Mm-hmm. And, like, and then he and he can also be really, like, panicky and, like, neurotic and emotional. <laughs> like, almost every episode, he has, like, a straight-up meltdown over something. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, why is this happening to me? My yeah. life. Like, it's... He, just... Yeah, he just, like, has meltdowns all the time. But I think Nassim does a good job to show that, like, every time he looks like he's being rude or a dick to somebody, it comes from a place of just straight-up insecurity and, like, you know, neediness and just the need for validation and belonging. So it's it's not coming from a place of... It's not coming from a bad place. It's just coming from a place of desperation he, yeah he's not so much malif- uh malicious as he's oblivious i mean just because he's so he's so self-centered and he's he's a young kid in high school and high school yeah. just seems so life and death when you're in the middle of it you know he's like oh i have to i have to go to this party i have to wear the right shoes to fit in with the in crowd and he's trying so hard and he'd have an easier time of it if he didn't try quite so hard yeah in a way he is a te- acting like a teenager and mm-hmm. teenagers are not the best people they are horrible people <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they are horrible people oh great <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah so i think I, I think the show gets a little better as it goes and i think i also sort of adjusted to the vibe of it because like it can be very tough to get into like the cringe comedy sometimes it's great yeah. and sometimes it is just cringe. It, it feels like how you would feel in, in real life. Um, and he can be a tough character to root for. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are moments where you, he, he does something that's funny. Like uh, when he's walking in the first episode, when he's walking down the hallway, trying to look cool, he pulls out like a USB drive and pretends it's a vape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then one of the teachers is like, Hey, you can't smoke that in here. And it's like, Oh no, no, it's just a, a thumb drive. It's, it's not a, and then the teacher's more confused than angry after that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. All right, why are you doing that then? 
<laughs> it's like, no, it's sick. Uh, never mind. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Or he, like the K-pop episode where he thinks it's the coolest thing in the world and makes it his whole identity. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And he, and he takes over the, the club for Asian students and just makes it into a whole K-pop thing. Um, yeah, that one, that one I, I found more odd than funny personally. And, and the second episode, the sword one where he gets a present, of a sword from his father who's living in Iran. And he so wants to fit it. Like he brings the sword to school to show it off to everybody. And then he gives away the sword <laughs> to one of the cool kids. Yeah. Like he, I think he's and, like trying to buy his way into yeah. the, the cool crowd. It's just, yeah, I could see a teenager doing that, which is just that thing. <laughs> I think we've all had our moments where we just try and like flaunt some like cool new item we had and make it our whole again our whole identity. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, I think yeah. is another recurring like idea in the series. Yeah, I think like I'm trying to think back in my high school days. I know like there were a few kids who were like way into. I think most teenage boys are like get way into swords at one point or like nunchucks yeah. or throwing stars or some some type of a you know weapon of destruction. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, we we've got all that testosterone floating around. Yeah, <laughs> no, my brother had a whole notebook of his drawings of swords and stuff. Right, yeah. see, boys love swords. I don't, yep. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you know, crossbows. We love it. All that stuff. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there are like also like a, a few odd. Like I did notice, like in the uh, the first episode, when he um, tries to hook up with the um i guess the goth girl or the troubled teenage yeah. girl who drinks absinthe i did like at that one point like as he's going up to her apartment when i guess where i guess it's only her he googles quickly sex go sex what goes where and then he pauses for a minute and he and puts in parentheses america <laughs> just make sure he doesn't get anything weird well, I, I, I think I missed that because, like the the text screens are so small on the screen, I couldn't quite read them. So I was just like, "Okay, well, I'll just pick up whatever they're texting from context." But <laughs> yeah, that's not even like the weirdest part of that episode. It's like she was like doing a sexy dance to the Punky Booster theme song. Yeah, I was just about to. <laughs> <Punky Booster. laughs> I didn't recognize that either. I, I clocked that immediately because I watched a lot of TV in the eighties. I was like, "Is that the Punky Brewster theme song?" <laughs> I don't think I watched enough Punky Brewster to recognize that. Well, I did. Yeah. I was just a little too old to be watching the Punky Brewster when that came on. Yeah. I, I was like, that's Punky Brewster. Oh, shit. It's my jam. That's funny. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Minette, so like you said at the beginning, the first three episodes weren't... you. Th- didn't like it. Uh, you, were, mm-hmm. you were hating it. So, like, when did it turn for you? When was it like, oh, okay, now I see what they're doing? I would say the, um, I would say, like, the K-pop episode, I kind of related to a lot, you know, just, I I, ha- I had a similar moment as a um, 12-year-old where it was karaoke, and I thought, you know, I'd be super cool, I'll sing this Doris Day song, I was not cool, and that, <laughs> that kind of, like, expectation versus reality moment at the end was yeah. me yeah yeah they do they they show like sort of a a big choreographed dance and then they have like a cutaway to like what the reality is and it's it's not what it is in chad's head yeah all so. right right i think i remember seeing that in like an episode of always sunny too where mm-hmm. compared like what's go what they think how they look as compared to how they actually look and it was Oh boy! <laughs> but they had fun. It seemed they were yeah. happy by the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And that's what's really important, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a good time? Well, all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and another thing I did like about uh, the show is um, Chad's friend Pete, Be- mm-hmm. just because like when they first introduced that character, you, he you know he's kind of soft spoken and he's kind of goes along with whatever Chad says. So, like, I thought at first, oh, he's probably just, you know, Chad's equally weird buddy, and they're both right. trying to sort they're both on the same level. They're both trying to, you know, be cool and fit in. 
But then as the show goes on, you actually see Pete has his stuff more together than Chad does. Yeah. He's actually more comfortable with who he is and he's more yeah. confident. And like he's and not really... Yeah, he's not trying to get approval from anybody. And that actually gets him approval from the cool kids. Like mm-hmm. uh toward in like the Lake House episode. And in the final episode where he actually gets a girlfriend and you can well, see Well, actually we learned that he's had a girlfriend yeah. for, <laughs> for yeah. quite a while. Um yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, like, so by the end of it, you're like, oh wow, Pete's actually more together than Chad is. Chad's like, I don't know, he's so emotional too. Chad, he's just. He's, and oh, Peter wow. even admits that that you know he didn't he he has to like go walk around eggshells on Chad because he's Peter's so aware of like how Chad can get like. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was an interesting reveal. I thought, um, and yeah, I really liked the Lake House episode too. That might have been that, or or the shoe shopping one about his, oh. where we get to know his uncle a little better. Oh yeah, I mean, oh gosh, the, I love that episode. The first episode, I was like a little confused because they didn't immediately identify him as the kid's uncle. So I'm like, okay, wait, is that Chad's dad, or because they're talking about the mother being divorced? So what's going on here and i don't i don't think they even identified him as the uncle in the first episode <laughs> in dialogue so i was a little confused at first but i i got the hang of it <laughs> soon enough <laughs> and and we also like he he's got a younger sister but his younger sister is is better adjusted and more socialized than than chad is and <laughs> in some ways she's more advanced uh than he is socially yeah and even she's the one who's got the the real american name because as Mm -hmm. we find out it's mentioned like that's not even his real name right right he just declares his name as chad when he can't find his his (laughs) real name on on one of those novelty license plate it's a real struggle yeah that is a thing i have noticed like there are like growing up i do remember a few kids who had like sort of more ethnic names going by a more Americanized name. Like there was this yeah. one kid and uh, what was it like high, in high school, uh, this one kid, Jimmy, who I went, who was a really cool guy. We talk about hip hop and he, but he was Greek and like, we, we hung out all the time. And he was really nice. And there was this, I, I still remember to this day, there was this one time where I needed some like homework stuff from him. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, you know, of course it was back in the nineties where, you know, you know, this is back when, before anybody had like a cell phone, you if you wanted to get in touch with somebody, you'd have to call their house phone and like you'd maybe have to talk to their parent a little bit before you got to talk to the person you wanted to talk to. Mm-hmm. So like I called uh, Jimmy's house. I got I think it was his mom or his aunt or something. And I was like, oh, hey, is uh, hi, my name is Darren Patterson. Is uh, is Jimmy there? And I was like, Jimmy, there's, there's no Jimmy here. And I was, I was like, oh, I like he's like a friend of mine. Uh, this is the number he gave me. Like we go together. We, you know, I'm a I'm a fellow student of his at um, Bayside High School. And then she wait to be. It's like, oh, you mean Dimitri? Yeah, yeah. I'll get <laughs> and then Jimmy got on the phone. I was like, Jimmy, is your name Dimitri? What's your name? Is it Dimitri? And he was like, Yeah, yeah. Just call me Jimmy, please. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> Right, Dimitri. Dimitri to Jimmy. That's not. I mean, they both have eyes in them. They don't get the either with Dimitri or Dimitrios. It was something very Greek. Wow. But yeah, I will, I will say that's like a better like connection than Chad and Fairy Dune because yeah. I had an old barber named Fairy Dune. He went by Frank. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think like. The way most people do it is like the you kind of go by an Americanized name that's sort of close to what your uh, you know more ethnic name is. Like I knew another guy named Stavros. He told mm-hmm. everybody to call him Steve. So yeah. it, like you sort of go like that route. But yeah, that I don't know. I, I still think about that to this day for some. <laughs> My buddy Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's funny. I mean, so. I, Manette, did the family dynamics uh, speak to you? Because there is a little in there about uh, Chad and him sort of struggling with his cultural heritage. I, I think that that part was really what I loved about it. You know, mm-hmm. from you know Nick, from him and his sister Nikki. Like I have had that relationship with my little brother in the past, and we're all good now. But 
there was a time where we were just horrible to each other. And right. even like the Uncle Hamid episode, like I I have that with my uncles, you know, it's mm. he's an amount that character is an amalgamation of all three of them. Mm-hmm. And right down to um uh the talking to a stranger in the line, to the vote cherry, to the music blasting in the car, to the Tupperware. <laughs> like it's the little things that they really just Nissim really gets right, especially like this kind of like she at one point in the show she says like why did you like I wish we weren't uh, Persian why can't you act American like mm-hmm. I've certainly thought that from time to time when I'm frustrated right. like as a kid like you came here <laughs> why aren't you acting like you're from here <laughs> yeah assimilation <laughs> yeah I mean because in in high school in particular. You don't want to be marked different no. in any way. And yeah, and if you're from like a different background than most people, and and they make it clear over the course of the season that Chad is the only Middle Eastern kid in his school. So, because uh, yeah. his sister's not in high school yet. But. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is a thing where like, and especially in high school, you just want to, assimilate as as much as you can you just want to blend in you don't you don't want to, you don't want no trouble man and like yeah, anything yeah and like anything you don't want to spend time explaining everything like oh no this is how we do it like right right uh, right absolutely so like whenever you know you have family members that you know sort of bring in the ways of the old country to to <laughs> like you can see them as being embarrassing or just like oh why do you have to do that god like it can be very frustrating but you know I don't know if you look at Hamid, I think he's a great character. I think he's like he's so happy, and he always wants, you know, Chad to be happy, and like he, yeah, he gives him his mean, credit he's card. Uncle. He's he's very supportive, and yeah. he will he will go the extra mile. I mean, I like I like the character of Chad's mom too. I enjoyed that. I feel like they, yeah. she wasn't featured as heavily in the last half of the season. Um, yeah. But it, it was interesting in the early episodes because, like, she's she's getting back out into the dating world, too. And I think it was the third episode. She, like, her boyfriend stays over. And then so Chad, like, really bonds with the boyfriend. <laughs> That's then, an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, That's oh, this is my new dad now. And, <laughs> and, and then shortly after that, they break up. But Chad still tries to maintain the friendship with the ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Right, because like I think Chad feels because I I think Chad does like the guy, but also the boyfriend is black, and there is this uh-huh. weird thing where Chad sort of fetishizes uh, black people yeah. and black culture, where he thinks they're just so much cooler and better than everybody else. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a weird detail. Yeah, he's hanging out with the boyfriend and the boyfriend's friends, and at one point he just like reaches over and touches one guy's dress. <laughs> And he's like, did you just touch my dreads? That is not okay. It's like, no, but you guys are better than us. And you're just going to be so cool. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I, I, I was just like internally like screaming at that moment, like saying, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> Please yeah. don't do that. Yeah, I think, um, I think, again, I saw another interview where Nassim was talking about that scene where, like I think her and the other writers were like, "Are we going too far with this?" And like I, mm-hmm. I think they ultimately landed on, like the fact that, you know, they the the guys do call him out on it that made it okay, but yeah, to you know, yeah. be so that, that takes the sting out a little bit. Little the, the show is not presenting Chad as being in the right by any stretch of the imagination. I would say no, not at no. all. Like even like even like the Peter's girlfriend. Is technically their friend as well. Yet he, yeah. he treats her horribly. Yes, yeah. uh, Denise, the Asian girl who's like in a, I guess a, she's in like a like a little rascal, like a little scooter. Yeah, she yeah. has a chronic fatigue syndrome, which uh, <laughs> I, I I didn't realize that there was a debate that apparently that some people think that chronic fatigue syndrome is not a real thing. I don't know too much about it, but I have heard of it before. Um, yeah, wow. I mean, I, I, I've had, I've sort of heard of that too, but like I didn't. Know. Yeah, I tried to look up information on it l- last night, and I, I couldn't find too much about it. So I guess it's still sort of considered a fringe thing or something like that. But 
yeah, it is it is a thing. Okay. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, like I think I feel the same way you did, uh, Minette, about this. Like at first I saw it, I was like, oh, this Chad guy isn't really coming off as very likable and he's just mm-hmm. but I under like I never hated the characters. I still don't hate the character Chad. I I, I, I kind of feel a little sorry for him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I just I just really wanted to I didn't really want him to get it together, man. Like it's just because <laughs> like he again like you know like we said like it's all his like when he lashes out at his friends and his selfishness or and because he can be selfish at times. Like it's not coming from a place of malice. It's comes from a place of just insecurity and confusion mm-hmm. and just not being co- he looks so uncomfortable uh, so many like in throughout most of the, the series like when he's around like when he's not around his friends when he's like trying to talk to the cool kids like you know reed and his friends he just looks so uncomfortable in his own body as yeah i was just like oh man just i really hope you get it together man okay. and like and I, I i do and they also do a good job of like you know like saying like it's he's not he's not a mean person it's just he's just very insecure like even even when they cut away to scenes where he's like straight up crying in the bathroom stalls <laughs> right. and it's, that's it it's not even that funny but it's just like oh jesus he's so broken and then i i do even and like i do like the fact um like i mentioned now like how the character peter sort of sort of grows into a more formed out character throughout, throughout the end of the series like Mm-hmm. Like when um d- during the lake house episode, like at the towards the end of the s- series, like you know um Chad and Peter had this big fight, and then they kind of make up towards the end, and Chad says, "Look, do you think I'm a a good person?" And then Pete genuinely says, uh, "Sometimes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah," which is that's yeah, pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's most people. Yeah, yeah, like sometimes you're all right, yeah, <laughs> but you know, at the times not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Minette, you had something to say there? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to say I also enjoyed how, like, the cool kids and particularly, like, Reed are not horrible people as well. Like, right. they, they, they pity him and they invite him to stuff. And even, like, but they say, like, dumb stuff as well. Like, he stole his sword and was unreasonable about it. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, like, in the last episode where he... They like they were make like making fun of like like faux faux sympathy like oh if I was in Titanic times then mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. be considered not white right right <laughs> like yeah I I did um, come to sympathize with um, uh, 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 read a little more it, it was Reed right they're popular yeah. kids yeah yeah okay I wasn't sure if I was getting his name right. Um, cause like in the, in like the first few episodes, he seems like a jerk in the, in the, in the sword episode. But then I, I was kind of sympathizing with him more by the, the lake house episode. And I, you sort of realize like, oh, he's not really, he doesn't really hate Chad. He's just sort of at best kind of indifferent to Chad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's not really being actively mean or bullying Chad or anything. He, if anything, it's just. He's he's kind of oblivious or indifferent yeah. to him. If anything, Chad's <laughs> and, bullying himself. Yeah, kind oh, of. Yeah, kind of. Like he's and, his own bully. Like, yeah, in a way, they're all just dumb fourteen-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, I I liked in the Lake House episode, like if Peter goes along uh, with with Chad, and we, get, we we find out over the course of the episode that Reed just invited Chad because. Uh, he bumped into Chad with his scooter and his mom freaked out about it. And he was like, oh, you better invite him over to the lake house to make up for that. <laughs> so he doesn't really want to invite this kid. And then they invite Peter along, too, because he's thinking, like, OK, well, then, you know, he and Chad will just hang out and do their own thing over the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they told him, toys. like they, they give him like they say their room is like the garage. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's a bunk bed here. You guys can stay here. <laughs> right. <laughs> While we go hang out. Right. And and then early in the weekend, Peter gets a call from his mother uh, saying that his grandfather had a heart attack and, and passed away. And Chad is still so focused on getting in with the cool kids yeah. that he 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 still wants to, like, win a ping pong tournament so <laughs> that he can get in with the cool kids. 
And, and at one point, the other kids who are not Peter's friends, they say like, hey, uh, Chad, we've been letting Peter win. So he's, you know, because he's had a really rough day. Yeah. Um, maybe you yeah. should do the same thing. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's really nice of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, by 14 year old standards, that's exceptionally nice. Yeah. By four- <laughs> that's pretty great. Yeah. So, and yeah, it's. It's always interesting when you're watching a show where the protagonist can be kind of an asshole at times. Yeah, I mean, so. I mean, there are shows like that. Um, I mean, this show kind of feels like uh, maybe Curb was probably the. Uh-huh. Clo- I can see that. Curb, yeah. you can see that. Uh, another show I really like, Rami. You can I see like shades of Rami in there as well. But yeah, like the the shows where the the main character is not the most likable, but you want to. You're you're rooting. You're hoping they get their act together and 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 realize what they're doing is maybe not the best way to go about life. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I thought it was interesting. The last episode, it kind of it has, I guess you could call it a cliffhanger, or it or it pivots a little for in anticipation for the second season, where where Chad gets unexpectedly elected class president and i assume that the second season was would be playing with that and there was a very weird thing that happened with the show because they had the second season all shot and ready to premiere and then i think on the day it was premiering tbs announced that they weren't going to air it yeah yeah it was part of like this uh hbo max purge that was Uh going on at the time okay where Every single property that wasn't profitable, quote unquote, was getting cut from the service. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But wow. But it wasn't even going to air on TBS, which just seems so silly because. And it was like one of the best reviewed shows of the year. Yeah. And you have it and you've paid for it. So why not air it? But I guess it was it was it made more economic sense for them to have it as a write off. And yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Warner's also did that weird thing with the Batgirl movie. I remember where that was all shot and I think about ready to be released, and they yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. I mean, they got rid of that, and and now apparently it can never see the light of day because they did it as a tax write off. Yes. Yeah, it's weird. It seems like this. Uh, it, it was really strange because, like, I know, like Chad was all like you said, all shot. It was ready to go, and just hours mm-hmm. before it was supposed to air. TBS would just pull the plug, which yeah. seemed I mean, insane. I remember tweeting the day off, like, happy, you know, premiere day. Immediately, I saw the article afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. That, That's... I mean, it's, Gosh. I mean, I guess it, I guess it makes sense from a, you know, bean counter, dollars and cents standpoint, but like, it's still, it still seems like a really cold blooded thing to do. And like, we didn't, apparently, we didn't even know that this would be like, the harbinger of things to come, like with, uh, you know, like uh, like John said, like you know, shows that were on HBO Max and Netflix just yeah. canceled, left and right. Yeah. So many shows got just get axed. Like even shows that got you know approved for a second season, to just to, and pu- plug gets pulled immediately. It's not even like if you get approved for a second season, it's not a guarantee. It's still not mm-hmm. a guarantee that second yeah. season will see the light of day, which is fucked up. Yeah, yeah, we. It, the media landscape right now is just in such a weird place because I mean we're we're sort of transitioning from like from you know traditional uh, television to more of a streaming model, and I I think nobody knows quite what that's going to be yet. And but it it's just so chaotic right now. It's it's very strange. Yeah, it's very strange. But I mean, luckily. Uh, we found out in October that the show got picked up by Roku and will be airing on the uh, the Roku channel. I don't think they put out uh, an air date just yet, but um, I, I think um, I was like checking up on like when season two would premiere. I think like in the summer, like midsummer. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. okay, great. But uh, yeah, either way, good on Roku for uh, picking up the show, Chad, and uh, giving it the, a second life. Yeah, well, I'm I mean, so happy. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that it's going to see the light of day somewhere because, I mean, that's got to just be so disheartening to to write sh- and shoot an entire season and then just be like, oh, yeah, no, we're not yeah. doing that after yeah. all. 
Yeah, it's just like, Gosh. it just feels like, all right, so then what did I spend all this time and energy of my life for? Just to, yeah. just to be just sort of tossed onto a scrap heap of, uh, of, of other shows that I'll never see the light of day. That's So yeah, so I mean, good on Roku for, it seems like they're trying to really get into the streaming game and sort of build their brand up, you know, with this now and um, the Weird Al uh, movie that came out recently. Oh, right, really? yes. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I mean, the model is working. The minute I found out Chad was going to be on Roku, I signed up the day of for the free right. service. Like, I wanted to make sure I was on top of it. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, because it, it really is tough to keep up with all the streaming services, and we have probably like a few too many still in it like they haven't all sort of dropped away or consolidated um but you know maybe at some point where we'll head towards a model where it's just like you just pick out the shows you're interested in and you just get those yeah that would seem like a simpler more sane thing but i don't i don't know how feasible that is yeah no absolutely uh, so I don't know. Uh, closing thoughts on Chad, uh, Manette, what do you, what are you, what are your closing thoughts on the show as a whole? Looking forward to season two. Uh, what do you, what I do you think, think it's a great show. I think it's an important show, at least in terms of making sure that there's representation for Middle Eastern talent that isn't just, um, a spy drama or, you know, an action drama or basically like some sort of suffering role. Like mm-hmm. the fact that she can, make a comedy and make it about her community and my community really makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice to have more representation of, and, and yeah. And that it's not just typed into like, like a spy drama. Like yeah. <laughs> No, uh, it's, oh, it's not like Glenn Close playing like a Persian act Persian. I'm like, no, I, I can tell, I can tell. No, mm-hmm. you you can't pass. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd agree. Like, uh, I mean, it, it's always important to see representation. You know, shows like this, yeah. uh, and I think as we're seeing more and more of it as the years go on. Like, you know, like uh, I'm a big, huge fan of uh, Rami. Uh, I haven't seen Mo yet, but I, I do want to check it out. Uh, you know, Ms. Marvel, of course, was a big hit uh, last mm-hmm. year. So, like, we are seeing more of it uh, representation, and uh, this show I thought was really interesting. Like. It's a, it's interesting in seeing, I don't know, like the character of Chad is so lived in and is so fascinating too. And it does touch on a lot of things that maybe, you know, we all felt when we were teenagers of just like awkwardness, not knowing to do with our bodies and our minds and trying to fit into uh, maybe certain circles that maybe don't really want us really but the, all we want is a hug yeah exactly hug. or maybe just feeling like if i'm just if i get in with these cool kids my life will be better and my life will, will be all right and uh it's i don't know it, it's it's definitely it's definitely a lot like i did i thought nasim knocked it out of the park with her performance and uh it, it's I don't know, it's a really interesting show i really i really dug it yeah yeah it it uh, it definitely grew on me. Yeah, I, I I'm glad I I stuck with it because I enjoyed the last few episodes a lot more than the early episodes. So I think they kind of, I think they learned as they went. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think each episode has its moments. So yeah, like yeah, a, like a lot of great one-liners. I think each and every episode. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think there was that one yeah. one-line where uh, Hamid was talking to his friends. Was like, "Hey, did you guys check out a? Uh, you see what, ha- what aired on YouTube last night?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you cut? Well, okay um similar sim- similar episode uh persian standard time i it's such a niche joke but i loved it so much uh-huh <laughs> i could see that yeah it's, it's, it's a good it's a good little thing to it's, it's good that they included like a little things here and in there that they knew only a certain uh sect of people would get just so like they would yeah. connect it to, uh, to right a little bit right more. yeah uh, but yeah, overall, I, I do enjoy the show. Like, I, I hope that they sort of dive into Chad's psyche a little bit more as figure out why he like, where is this need coming from for acceptance? And why is he because like, I know we were all, you know, we were all teenagers at one point, and we all had that thing where we wanted to be accepted and, and whatnot. But Chad seems to have it to this incredible degree <laughs> that he really <laughs> well, and I just wonder like, where 
where that like need for validation comes from. It just seems like oh, well, I feel like a lot of it has got to come from the divorce. Yeah, uh, like, and his dad not yeah, being and around. his dad not being in the picture because his dad is uh, back in Iran and. And like, you know, Chad has a session with the school counselor at one point and he's like, oh, well, yeah, you can't exactly go over there easily. I feel like in the second season, they've got to do more with that. We've got to see his dad at some point. Definitely like expand his family is something I would see. I love to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, either them visiting Iran or or his uh, his father coming to America and we see what that dynamic is like and maybe get some insight as to why that marriage ended. Mm, yeah. And why his sister is so well adjusted and, and Chad is not. Yeah. There's a story there for sure. Like I, I hope yeah. to see it in the season two. Yeah. And it'll also be interesting to see what Chad does with a little bit of power of being class president. Um, I feel like that's not going to end well. No. no. And give any 14 year old power and it just all goes wrong. Yeah. yeah. It gets, yeah. I mean, we've seen what Chad can do just on his own with no power. Like, mm-hmm. you know, him like apparently painting himself as a victim of a hate crime. He just did that all on his own. Accidentally. 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 Yeah. Accidentally. He didn't. That wasn't his intention. Yeah. yeah. He was He was trying to do the, the what was it, a punk a hunk? Yeah. Yes. Which is where the the cheerleaders like decorate a kid's locker to show like that they're that somebody on the cheerleading team likes them. Yeah, <laughs> and Chad is feeling very left out, so he decorates his his locker, but it ends up looking like a blood thing. He spills some red paint, and then like a a rat gets caught in there and dies. So people, everyone assumes it's a hate crime. Yeah, everyone's like, "Yo, this fucked up." <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed that just because it was so wrong. That was that was fun. <laughs> yeah. And Chad is like, well, I mean, this is getting people's sympathies on my side. So, yeah, what the hell? It's, yeah. uh, Might as well use my ethnicity to my advantage in this case. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So, we're, we're, I mean, I'm looking forward to see what they do in uh, season two. Hopefully they dive into all those things on the second season of Chad. Yeah. yeah. And um, so. and that's the episode, guys. Thanks for listening so much, Manette Marati. Thank you so much for being part of this episode. Thank you. Yeah, yeah we're happy to to have you. Is there anything that you would like to uh, plug? Uh, do you have any other podcast appearances coming up, or do you? Uh, where where can people follow you on the social media? Well, you can follow me at Monette M ninety seven on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, a big reason why I came on today, and I think talking about the show is relevant. It's just what's going on in the news in Iran. So mm-hmm. once this uh, episode is posted on, on Twitter, I am going to like post underneath it, like some accounts on how you can like be informed and help um, the protesters in that country. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. We'd love to uh, signal boost that however we can. Yeah. So. I know Nassim Padrad is like a staunch, you know, supporter of, uh, yeah. and she, she's always like, you know, speaking out on these political matters so yeah absolutely please thank you and um yeah yeah. and uh as always you can follow us on twitter at snl nerds show uh twitter's still standing so of course we'll we'll still be there it hasn't collapsed just yet into the sea and uh as always you can follow me on twitter and instagram at darren credible d-a-r-i-n credible and you can uh, follow me on uh, twitter and instagram at trumbull comic t-r-u-m-b-u-l-l and the word comic and uh, we're going to be back next week. We're we're going to cover uh, SNL's not back uh, quite yet until the uh, the twenty eighth with uh, Aubrey, or excuse me, the twenty first with Aubrey Plaza and Sam Smith. So we've got another week to fill. So we decided to do the movie yesterday, which I know Kate McKinnon has a uh, I don't know a small or a medium part in. She's in it somewhere. She's in the trailer. So. <laughs> She like, is, yeah, she is definitely in it. But uh, yeah, the yeah, 2019, yesterday, uh, John and I are both huge Beatles fans. So we'll probably be mm-hmm. dorking out about our favorite Beatles albums and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about the movie yesterday. Should be a. Yeah, that's, that's that movie from a couple of years ago where a guy just suddenly finds out that he's the only one who remembers the Beatles. So he decides to write all the Beatles songs himself. <laughs> 
the perfect crime. <laughs> he becomes a huge star. Yes. So, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. It looked like an intriguing movie when it came out, and uh, looking forward to it. That's uh, I haven't checked it out yet. So, yeah, should be should be a pretty good time. So, um, yep. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll see you then. Mm-hmm. John, do you want to? Close it. Oh, okay, I thought you you wanted to say more. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was trying to trying to. Soft- you were trying you were trying to like smoothly lead in. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Smooth as eggs. Yeah. Sometimes we're sloppy, Manette. No, I've listened to the podcast. I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! Well, now we have to leave this in. <laughs> so yeah, no, join us next week where we'll be watching the movie yesterday. But until then. Nerds out. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.